0: Hey, Anthony, it's that time again.
1: To finally go back to a movie theater?
0: Yeah. yeah w- wait, no. No, not at all. Then what? It's time to make the podcast.
1: Oh. Oh, oh yeah, that thing. Once again, we have reached that time of the week.
0: Time to dive into the movies we love and the movies we wish we could forget.
1: Pitting them against each other to receive praise uh, or hatred. Based on a scale of our choosing. So let's jump into it. This is the Double Feature Podcast.
0: Welcome to another episode of Double Feature. We have double the Tom Hardy, double the Ryan Gosling, and double
1: the dystopian futures. So. Yeah, you were right the last time. Double the dystopian futures. There's only one Tom Hardy and one uh, Ryan Gosling film here.
0: That's true. There's only one of each, but I had to include both of them. Right because they're yeah, both the leads of these movies.
1: You don't want to raise expectations right before you lower them, Brad. You got to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> got to watch that.
0: Yeah, Has there ever been a movie with Tom Hardy and Brian Gosling? Uh,
1: not, to my, not to my knowledge. I mean, maybe in their early careers, but I don't, I don't think so.
0: Yeah, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. It seems like a yeah. perfect duo, though.
1: So let's tell the people why we're here.
0: So, today we are here to talk about Mad Max Fury Road, and to talk about Blade Runner 2049, the sequels to highly acclaimed movies, featuring yeah. Wasteland dystopias.
1: <laughs> so basically, highly, highly anticipated, long-awaited sequels to um, highly revered, uh, critically acclaimed um, films. Yeah, so two very highly regarded films as
0: well. Like, a lot of people love the originals, but uh, the sequels were extremely highly praised, both by audience and by critics. Okay. Even to a surprising degree. I know that for Mad Max especially, a lot of people were surprised that that one was getting such high praise. Uh,
1: yeah, Fury Road, uh kind of... Took everybody for for a ride uh, because we it, we really did not expect it to be that great.
0: Yeah, a lot of people. I think that was like one of the biggest things is like headlines during that time when it came out, where you know it's breaking more records than anybody expected it to, and it especially since it's a fourth this. movie, right? It was
1: fourth movie. Oh, it, it was the fourth Max movie. Yeah, yeah. Let's start over. Yeah, Mad Max: Fury Road, a uh, great movie, uh, very anticipated. Uh, <laughs> sorry, it looked, it looked like we were saying different things there, but um, yeah, it really, it really was surprising how much uh, it, um, it really took off. Because you know, when I first saw the trailer, I knew it was gonna be great, but I didn't know it was gonna be as great as it was. Oh yeah, like, like you know when people say. Man, this director put his like like this 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 person put their whole foot in making that uh, uh sweet potato pie. Um George Miller put his whole foot in directing this film, man.
0: Yeah, this, and this it's is, a shame that he wants to do a sequel to it and he hasn't been able to get that off the ground yet to my knowledge.
1: Um well, I I do think he is working on a on a well, let's start here. Okay, so uh, Mad Max Fury Road follows um uh Mad Max who joins forces with uh, uh I- Imperator Furiosa. I think her, her first name is Imperator. No, not that's not her first name, but see, he, jo- he joins forces with Furiosa, a bald headed Charlie Sterin. Um trying to flee from uh the cult leader in Morton Joe, um in a RB in an army truck uh filled with uh many of his captured wives.
0: Yes. Yeah, the whole movie kind of takes place in this kind of chase of, you know, you see at the beginning where Max gets captured and he gets brought to the cult and they start using him as a blood bag, which is what he's referred to for the rest of the movie as blood bag. And then he is brought into this chase, again, as a blood bag for one of the people in uh, going after the escaped wives to try mm-hmm. and bring them back and the entire thing is you know don't hurt them don't uh you know do anything that would hurt any of them just bring them back alive and the entire thing is a chase sequence to go after them and then it kind of flips a little bit during the you know finale
1: yeah the whole thing is a, they really went around in a circle yeah they drove around in a circle.
0: Well, I wouldn't even say a circle. They just went in a straight line, and then they went backwards across that same straight line.
1: Right, right. Um, yeah, man, this film—it's one of those anomalies. Like, like, it' great action film, but really something that's like uh, revered across the board. Like, it was nominated for Best Picture and Best Director, which came as a real shock uh, when it was announced to me, at least because you never expect a, a full-fledged action movie like this to be uh, revered by, you know, the the, uh, the highly esteemed uh, Academy Awards. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, when this one started getting nominations, uh, I hadn't seen it yet. So when it started getting to that kind of praise, I was like, okay, I definitely have to check this one out because I enjoyed the first Mad Max, and then I was just kind of iffy on the ones after that. Like, they're it, okay, but they didn't draw me in as much as that first one did.
1: Wait a minute. How could you say that about World Warrior? That's probably, like, next to this, the best Mad Max film.
0: I know. That's I have a different opinion of that one. I watched it. It didn't grab oh, wow. me as much as uh, the original did.
1: That film is, to the first Mad Max, what Aliens is to Alien.
0: Yeah. I, I'm not going to say it's a bad movie by any means. It just didn't grab me as much as the first Mad Max. So when another sequel was coming out, I was kind of going, okay, I can see why people are liking it. The last sequels weren't for me, so maybe this one isn't for me either. And I found myself enjoying this one a lot.
1: Okay. Uh, all right. Hey, man. Um, period, point blank. Everything about this movie, fires and all cylinders. Cylinders. Uh, directing the writing um, Tom Hardy fits into the mad Max role well uh taking Mel Gibson's place because uh he has that you know kind of slightly comedic mad look in his eyes um you know he uh, he, he mumbles to himself a lot in the film uh, oh yeah you know, like he, he really is a mad max um Charlene starren is a great badass as Furiosa uh, I feel like they both. Even though it was, um, you know, there are rumors. Well, not rumors, but, you know, it, 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 it's no secret that they kind of clashed a lot on set, Tom Hardy and Charlie Stern. But I think, strangely, that added to their performances, like, and how their, their chemistry was kind of, like, you know, uh, touch and go.
0: Yeah. It, not in a bad way. All the characters kind of interacted with each other, like, almost perfectly. Because you are introduced to Mad Max, and then you can kind of see his relationship to the... Uh, I guess the cultists like uh, what was his name? It started with an S scud or skirt or
1: it's on my Nicholas Holt's character.
0: Yeah. The cultist that uh, ends up joining them. Uh, Nux. Nux. That's what it was. Why did it was I think it started with an S, but uh, oh, no. yeah, with Nux and you kind of have this feeling of, you know, oh, he's going to totally turn on them. He's going to do this. And you're like, oh no, they're not going to go tropish with him you know, he actually is going to kind of get a little bit of a character development in this short story from a character you wouldn't expect it from. And that was kind of nice to kind of see in this one, because he starts off, like, using uh, Mad Max as a blood bag, and then they get in a car accident, and then... uh, they kind of get stranded max carries him because he's kind of attached to him but you presume that he's dead at that point that turns out he's alive and you know it it just it's so great i still think one of the like best scenes he has is when uh they're trying to get the truck out of the mud and he's uh he grabs the chain from him cuts it off and he's like blood bag blood bag here (laughs) Take this cuz the chain wasn't big enough to wrap around a tree that was in the middle of the desert <laughs> to try and get the truck out of the mud. I love right, that I, scene. I think that's one of his like best like redeeming moment scenes.
1: Yeah, uh, one one of his um <laughs> one of his uh lines is like the tagline of the movie. Oh, what a lovely day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, this movie is insane, dude. And then you got the guy with the guitar. That's like oh, that's following them the, the whole best time. part of
0: like the effects and everything is the dude right. on the guitar, and then they have like the drums on the back of that truck going off, and then yeah. the flames coming out of the guitar as he's playing. Oh, just the entire thing just screams Mad Max exactly how you like see all the memes and everything of it.
1: This movie is such. Yeah, let me tell you how much of a big deal this is, man. Um I, I told you the story about. Uh, did I say this about how me and my friend saw uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron? Oh um, yeah, yeah. We saw that in Mad Max: Fury Road in the same in the same day, I think. And uh, Age of Ultron, pretty uh, solid movie. Uh, when we saw Fury Road, we just forgot what happened in Age of Ultron. Like <laughs> that was that was the talk on the ride home. Like, did you see this part? You remember this part? And it's like, dude, did you remember this? Like. He was iffy about it. He was like, I don't know, man. Is this, is this going to be a good movie? I never saw the original Mad Maxes. I said, dude, I just have a good feeling about this.
0: And See, uh, I think that's one of the special things about this movie. Yeah. It's a very bottled movie. If you haven't seen any of the previous Mad Max, you kind of get little glimpses of them with his kind of psychotic episodes of like right, his memories right. and everything. But it, there's no really characters that you need to know from the previous movies. There's really no plot lines you need to know from the previous movies. They explain everything you need to know in the first, yeah. like, 35 seconds. And then they just start going right into the plot. And for anybody that hasn't seen a Mad Max movie, you're able to follow along with what's going on the same as anybody that's seen a Mad Max movie. I don't think I there was agree. anything that was even really, like, required you to have seen another movie to understand it. I think everything is pretty bottle movie for this one. Which is
1: good. I mean, I mean, we could say the same thing about Blade Runner uh, twenty forty nine when we get into it. You don't really have. Well, it does help to see the first one because it's such a distinct kind of universe. You know, it, it's a very, it's an entertaining, challenging science fa- science fiction series. So it does help to see the first one, but you don't really need to see Blade Runner to see that movie.
0: See, I don't think it's. It is definitely easy to watch that one without seeing the first movie. I know a couple people that did. And they were able to follow along with it fine. But I think it's still more of a sequel than Mad Max Fury Road. Because Mad Max Fury Road takes place in the same universe. But beyond Max, the entire cast is completely new. Everything is, you know, completely different than what you know. Except for there's a desert. There's a bunch of scavengers with, you know, cars that go through. Water is a finite resource at this point. And that's about it. You, You... you're caught up at that point
1: <laughs> yeah i agree uh, um yeah man i i i don't know what else to say except to just geek out over this film but um i would suggest to you did you see the black and chrome edition or you i didn't saw... i was
0: thinking of watching that but this is the first time that i was going to be watching this one in like 4k and my theater setup so i was like you mm-hmm. know what no i want to watch the theatrical version
1: i want to watch how it was in theaters fair enough yeah uh black and black and white edition um it's gorgeous man you know you wouldn't expect a film like this to work in black and white but uh some somehow george miller made it work and that's actually kind of my preferred version if i'm gonna be honest i love the colors don't get me wrong but black and white is just it, it just it just makes the film look a certain way
0: see there's some scenes that i couldn't imagine working in black and white like the uh scene with the person with the guitar because it's the colors Mm -hmm. around that kind of make him stand out the most because he's just completely pale white the car is completely black and then he has this red guitar flames coming out and everything and then you have like the orange sand all around him you know the fact that there's color makes it pop more
1: I agree. It was that scene and the scene in the desert, you know, the iconic scene when uh, Furiosa is crying and she's in the sand when she realizes all the women have died. Oh, Or yeah. most of the women have died. I wouldn't expect those scenes to work in black and white, but they do, man. Like, he pulls it off.
0: I'm going to have to recheck it out in black and white sometime because, you know, because another movie, uh, I think we talked about it, Logan got a black and white version, and that black and white yeah. version is, like, near perfect yeah, you know, I still
1: gotta check that out. Yeah, that, that one. Looks great in black and white,
0: because that's another one where I wouldn't expect it to work in black and white, but it does, one hundred percent. You know, you that's, it's hard watching that one and thinking, oh yeah, there is a color version of this movie.
1: I see it. I see it with Logan, because Logan's kind of a western, and you know, um, putting a western in a black and white aesthetic helps. Like it, it's almost like it 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 goes with it comes with the territory.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it definitely works in that one. I'm going to have to see, I mean, obviously, I take your word for it. It does work in this one. I just haven't seen it in black and white yet. I got to check that version out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <SSSSSHEI>: but with that, yeah, do we, we want to just range?
0: jump into the next one?
1: Uh. Yeah, we can. Straight up writing for me is a 5 out of 5. Oh, yeah, yeah it's,
0: it's up there. I'd say 4.5 out of 5 for me. Why the half point? That I don't really know. It just doesn't feel like the five out of five movie to me. <laughs> but I couldn't tell you any downsides you to the just movie.
1: Wanna, I think you just want to disagree with me, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I was thinking on it earlier, and I was thinking like, okay, the Mad Max is definitely a four point five, and you know, I have my thought on the other movie that we're going to talk about here in a minute as well Mm
1: mm-hmm all right uh fair enough uh all right next on the plate we got blade runner 2049 yes so this one i absolutely
0: love this movie the cinematography the world that it displays everything about i absolutely love uh ryan gosling as the lead taking over for who harrison ford in the first Mm -hmm. one is the perfect kind of uh, moving along the path Uh, the story is great the twists and turns that it takes are great you know the little bits of like futuristic technology we see as well as little bits of you know how everything is not as great as it seems i i I love it all everything about this movie i absolutely love i love the first one i absolutely love this one as well
1: yeah, um, I was gonna say I before we before I watched this film, I pre-gamed and watched uh, the first Blade Runner, um, the final cut, uh, and you know, it gorgeous movie, man. Um, above all else, I know it's one of the, like one of the great science fiction films, but it's for its time and even today, it's just such a gorgeous movie. It's raining all the time in this mm-hmm. film, um, in in Ryan Gosling's homeland, it's raining all the time uh it's just like above all else what you can say about the blade runner films you know they they're great science fiction they have you know thought provoking questions about what makes a what makes um a being real whether they be you know human or android um they're always gorgeous both films i feel like uh dennis villeneuve villeneuve uh he builds upon uh ridley really scott's world and just takes it to a whole nother visual level oh yeah yeah man yeah, when I saw this, man, I saw it, I think I think I saw it with the same friend that I saw Mad Max Fury Road with. I don't I don't know if I saw it with him. I think I saw it by myself, but um again, this film is a little this film is accessible for people who haven't seen the first Blade Runner like you said, but I feel like the first one is required to watch this just to just for how much it takes a deeper take on android versus human. Like um
0: Yeah, there's a lot of references to events in the first movie, and while I think you could easily, you know, figure things out and everything like that based on, like, who's still alive, what's going on and everything like that, it's still, I feel like you need to fully see the first movie in order to grasp everything that's being thrown at you in this movie, or else there are points that you're going to be lost, it it you're going to be lost for just a short period of time while that's going on and you'll catch back up. But I feel like you'd be lost a little bit at certain points.
1: Yeah. I, um, I want to say Ryan Gosling as an Android, um, the strong silent type, it just works. I mean, people who may watch the film get, get, might feel a little bit, uh, too many drive vibes. I don't know if you ever saw that film drive. Oh yeah. Ryan Gosling you know, he's he's really the strong silent type in that movie, and, you know, this film is kind of the same. Only difference is it's kind of, it makes sense, well, it made sense in Drive, but it makes sense in this film, because, you know, he's an android, he's not supposed to show feelings, but he does have feelings, you know, and um, him being in love with uh, a hologram, you know, it's like, you know, android and a hologram falling in love, like, it makes sense, you know what I mean, like, that's why I like, I like the questions this film raises, and, um, Running into Deckard again was a was a great choice. Uh you know, I really do think he's a replicant. I I mean I think it's pretty much confirmed by this point that he is. Um Yeah, I know I that's feel- a huge
0: debate in like the fan communities on whether he's a replicant or not. And I think pretty much everything's confirmed it, but even the directors and writers are like, We don't know, maybe he
1: is and it's like, Oh, you're just standing nah, re- the re- flames. Re- re- Really has said it. He says, "Man, if you don't think he's a he, he basically said, if you don't think he's a replicant, you're an idiot." Like, like he, like really pretty pretty much said, "Yeah, he's a replicant." Um, but I love the idea of like what Dave Bautista says to Ryan Gosling in the beginning, which you know I love that opening, dude.
0: Oh, where he's like the farmer and he's like taking off the suit and everything. Yeah,
1: like the conversation between them, which leads to the fight, and he's like, "You've never seen a miracle." and pretty much the whole film revolves around the miracle of you know androids giving birth uh yeah that's this this film built upon um the thought-provoking questions that was uh given in the first film like what does it mean to be human um is it a physical thing or is it a mental thing yeah i it's a shame that this film it cost so much and they they used the money they were given very well oh yeah um, but it it made about like i want to say half of what it cost um okay so it cost about 260.5 million made about 150 to 185 million so not half but like a little over half it didn't make the it didn't make its it, money back
0: yeah it didn't it wasn't a box office success which is odd because it did come out during the time of movie pass where nearly everything was a box office success because everybody was going to see every single movie because it was only costing them, like, what was it, the $6 a month for uh, MoviePass? Yeah. So, because I remember using MoviePass, I MoviePass to see this movie. uh, In New York City, actually. I think
1: it was $10 a month, wasn't it? Don't was don't it, it $10? Was yeah, it was
0: $10. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been so long. I just remember it was extremely cheap. So I was trying to think of a really cheap number in my head for a movie. And I was like, uh, six? I don't know. (laughs) But I remember seeing this in New York City because I was there for uh, New York Comic Con that weekend that it came out. So I saw like the Thursday opening kind of showing at 8 p.m. and used MoviePass for it, got into the full IMAX one because it was when, movie pass was glitched and they didn't check to see what version of a movie you were seeing
1: right right (laughs) as long as it
0: fell within like a certain dollar range they were all good so i got to see it in like full imax in like one of the pristine or like one of the theaters in new york city that everybody always recommends and it seeing in that kind of atmosphere it was amazing i absolutely loved it you know beautiful theater beautiful movie perfect experience
1: for me i bet man um yeah this movie uh this is a great film uh what was i going to say here uh you know when i knew this was coming out i had high hopes um because ryan Gosling is one of my favorite actors dennis villeneuve you know we saw great things from him with uh prisoners, Sicario. Um, so we we expected this film to be good. It's just it's just so gratifying when when another person is taking the reins of a of a classic director and they actually come through. Um, this film like literally works as a sequel. Like it is it's not it's not a film that says like oh we, you could look at it as a reboot or you could look at it as a side swipe of the original film. No, this is it this is a, is a straight true up sequel. sequel. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a very continuation of the story that we were given in the first one. And it, with some beautiful cinematography added in. Like, the first one has some great scenes and moments, but I have more memories of this movie and the scenes in it than I do of the first one, if I'm being honest. Like, seeing the cityscape for the first uh, time with the holographic images, absolutely it. I can't loved agree with
1: it. you on that one, but I, 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 I hear you. But yeah.
0: I still think one of the best, like, uh, choreographed scenes and everything like that and just tone and everything is the story or the part with uh, who is the uh, hooker, hit Ryan Gosling bringing her back to his room and then her, like, syncing up with the android hologram.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, yeah.
0: everything about that scene is just perfectly done. You know, watching them get in sync with each other and then when they're falling out of sync with each other and everything and... Everything about that scene, I absolutely loved. Just cinematography-wise, it's amazing.
1: I like the uh, I like the chemistry between Ryan Gosling and Ana de Armas. Um, I like his chemistry with Harrison Ford even more. Like oh, I love yeah. how Harrison's just like the old timer, and they're fighting while 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 glitchy Elvis is singing. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. Part. So many scenes name. with uh, Harrison Ford. It, it almost feels like you know he was ranting about things that were happening not right in the movie, like while filming. And they were like, "Just keep rolling, just keep rolling. This is gold. Just keep going." <laughs> grumpy old right. man complaining about grumpy old man things.
1: Right, Ron Gosling is like, "Is that is that dog an android? Ask him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: he probably is. I don't know. It, it's uh, a very
0: fair point. Yeah." yeah because they continually blew the lines on what is and isn't an Android and everything throughout the entire movie. and they did that in the first one as well.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um dude, love one of the best antagonists of all time, man. um I liked her way better than I liked Jared Leto's character. I mean, Jared Leto didn't do a bad job. you know I I, 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 I like Jared Leto in some films. Some films I just to, I just tolerate him. Um, Neander Wallace is a, is a pretty solid antagonist, but love was amazing to me. Like, um, his, uh, his head henchman or head henchwoman.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Jared Leto is, he's not bad in this movie, but his performance isn't one of the standout ones. That's for sure.
1: Nah, nah. He, 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 uh, he kind of has that, uh, that Johnny Depp kind of effect where he, he, uh, he looks the part. You know, but he's not—he's not really asked to like really do anything.
0: Yeah, beyond looking like he belongs there, he doesn't really do too much. Like he definitely looks like he belongs in the world that's being, you know, created here for the movie. You know, the makeup artists and the costume effects for this movie—the people that were doing that were spot on for every single character. Everything in this movie feels like it belongs.
1: Yeah, we got a we got a cameo from a uh, Edward James almost character Gaff in um kind of an old folks home. That was fun to see, but uh, I really like that final confrontation. I like I like that confrontation between Love and uh Robin Wright's character Lieutenant Joshi. Um, that was just a great like like uh like moment there where uh you know Love um just straight up cold blooded just slices her through the stomach. Oh, oh when yeah. She need- and when she needs her uh, ID to get into the computer, she just holds her head up and then just lets it fall down and just gets right back to business. Like, Love is a—I kind of want to see an origin story of how he, or how she was made. Yeah, very
0: um, ruthless, very, uh, I guess, mechanical in the way that she goes about doing things.
1: I'll give you this uh, of something that it has over the first one. She's a way more ruthless character than Rutger Howard's character in, in the first film. Rucker Howard Howard is a great villain in the first film. Don't get me wrong, but she's like cold-hearted, get down to business. She feels a lot more threatening.
0: That's what it comes down to. You know when you see that she's on, you know, on uh, Ryan Gosling's tail. I can't remember what Ryan Gosling's character's name was, for the life of me Uh, right now. Just
1: K. Just Just K. K. Yeah, but Um, yeah, when
0: she's like on him and everything like that, there's tension. You know. Uh, Even when he's going to find uh, Harrison Ford's character and then you realize that they're being tracked and everything, like there's tension there. You know, there were a couple moments where, you know, you're kind of going, okay, anything could happen at this point. Nobody is truly safe.
1: Yeah. Um, One of the the best scenes is uh, when she's she's laying down, getting her nails done and she, and she she's 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 seeing the whole vision of uh K first touchdown trying to get answers, and like bombs are going off, and she's like telling the um, I guess the the bombs in the air or the drone whatever was in the air like sending off the bombs like, like fire fire fire, like looking at the whole vision just laying down with her sunglasses on like like you know what scene I'm talking about right?
0: I I I know what scene because. I remember the scene where she's getting her nails done and everything like that. But I'm trying to remember exact... Because I watched this one back on Monday.
1: Okay, so she has her sunglasses on. And, with, and through her sunglasses, she's watching the whole thing of uh, Ryan Gosling first touchdown on this like, place. Where it has like the orphanage kids. And uh, he's trying to get answers. Um, but but why he's getting there, Why he's touching down, people are attacking him. But she's like attacking the people, attacking him. Because she's... They're following him to try to figure out who the android baby is or how it was born, so they can get to it before him. Like, oh so like, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, in the entire yeah. movie, they keep like kind of alluding that Ryan Gosling is the android baby, and
1: right, right. And then we find out that his his memories were implanted as well as a lot of others, and that the real android baby is. The homegirl with the uh that was creating memories, right?
0: Yeah, it was the girl that was stuck in the cube and couldn't see anything. So she created memories for other people or like dreams for other people. And she was implanting her own memories in some of those dreams. And that's where Ryan yeah. Gosling thought that he was the uh android baby.
1: Yeah, this film, um while while it is not for everybody like i don't think everybody would, would would like this movie like you really have to be a science fiction fan to enjoy this film because some people didn't have the patience for it um i think this film was a very worthy sequel to the first blade runner uh job well done if they ever make another one i'm there i know really oh, yeah. has uh, talked about it um but uh i uh i liked it man um I can't I, – I just can't put it over the first one, but it's it's up there.
0: Oh, for me, I find this one to be better than the first one, in my opinion. And it it does have some slow burn kind of scenes and everything, but I actually like those slow burn scenes. Like when he's walking through the like temple houses that he has from his memories and everything, and he's going through yeah. and going, oh, this is where – I would hide and this is where this was and kind of, even though they're very slow methodical kind of moments, I think it just works because the movie is kind of going through roller coasters, both story wise and action wise with these like high points, low points. And they're just interweaving between each other in a way that keeps you entranced the entire time, regardless of which is the primary focus at that moment.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I was going to say, uh, yeah, I love the cinematography of when, um, you know, Kay touches down to find Deckard and he's in like this this wasteland where everything is orange. I know that's kind of how California is looking now and I, I've heard all the jokes, but um, I uh, I just love the cinematography from like the dry, rainy, dark land that Ryan comes from to where everything is like burnt orange where uh, Deckard mm-hmm. is.
0: Yeah, everything is basically burnt from the sun at that point there. Everything's still run down. You know, it's not as technologic. It's very, like, old and decrepit, dusty. Yeah. Yeah, it's... They definitely did a good job of differentiating different places in the movie. So it all feels different instead of it all taking place within the same, like, one-mile block.
1: I agree, um, yeah, straight up, man. This, is, this gets a uh, four point five out of five for me,
0: oh, this one's a five out of five for me i
1: gotta I gotta give it the half point because, like, like I said, there are some slow moments while while they are uh, well meaning uh, the first film just moves like like tick tock, tick tock to me, even through a slow moments. This one. Uh, it's it's a, it's a little it's a little more slow going, but you know it's a near perfect movie. I say it's near perfect.
0: See, I I enjoyed the slow moments and everything like that. I enjoyed that kind of breathing space that the movie kind of gives you, but it doesn't just pause and let you breathe. It kind of it continues on, but kind of goes at a little bit of a slower pace and lets you kind of connect the dots yourself. And gives you enough information that you can perceive everything. It doesn't. It does a better job of showing, not telling. And I, I enjoy those like sower scenes because of it.
1: Yep. Alright. I, I completely agree with you. Uh so what are we looking at here, man. Um even though I love Blade Runner, dude, I I gotta if we gonna do a versus I, I know what your answer is, but I put Fury Road over this.
0: Yep. I, I'm I'm the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time it's a very close call with these two movies it's it was one of those like pitting up against each other it was like oh yeah great i get to watch two great movies and then i realize, oh no i'm gonna have to decide which one of these is better aren't i
1: yeah um i know it's a hard decision they're both great long anticipated sequels and they both do a great job carrying on the legacy of their uh uh well-revered um original films but yeah, I, I put Max over Blade Runner. That's just me.
0: Yeah, I got to put Blade Runner first because it's, you know, I, I love the world that it creates. I love the characters and everything. I love the, you know, tension that it perceives and all the, like, moments where it kind of slows down a little bit, lets you kind of gather the information, and then it keeps going. The action is in and out. I love it.
1: Yeah, I love how the roles are switched, too. Like, in the original... um, you know the nexus 8s uh were they 9s? Yeah they were 8s. The nexus 8s were like um considered um enemies of the state and you know dangerous. And this one the nexus 9s are you know um uh subservient, you know, uh mm-hmm. submissive. They're not they they're, they're made to not hurt humans. Um but then again, we know how that goes. Something always goes wrong. Uh whether it's from the humans or from the androids themselves. Yeah. So,
0: uh, and then this last weekend, you actually got to see a movie that you've been waiting on.
1: Dude, uh, this is, um, and, and you know what? I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta talk about Blade Runner 2049 connection with this film. Uh, folks, I, uh, I gave myself a little bit of a dare and I went to Ohio, uh, went to a movie theater and I saw Tenant. Did you do the, you did the drive-in though, right? Well, First we went to the drive-in but uh due to some unfortunate events we had to like turn back around and go back to Michigan. Every, everything's fine. But um I say, you know what? Cuz I, I I only saw the first 30 minutes and I was like, you know what? I kind of wanted to get into that, man. Um and the drive-through just it. wasn't doing it. Well, no, no. I I would have stayed at the drive-in, but you know because we had to turn around, uh mm. we finally had to come back another day and I was like, you know what? I don't want to wait until like Ten o'clock tonight to go down back to Ohio to see this. I kind of want to see if I can catch an earlier showing at a theater. Um, so I talked it over with my fiance. She thought I was a little nuts to travel all the way back to Ohio for one movie, <laughs> but she knows she knows she knows who I am. She knows I love movies. Um, so I decided to you know uh, double mask up, and I went to a, a Cinemark theater in Ohio, uh, kind of like this big big screen theater kind of arena um I don't know if it was IMAX but it was it, was, it was big enough to be IMAX I guess I just sat in the last row you know that there wasn't a lot of people in the audience there was like three or four people so it was very spaced out uh kept my hands to myself and um it, it made me it made me miss movies man like when the trailers came on and that 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 little bit of darkness that you got before the movie pops on like it I, I missed all that man
0: I, I still miss it. <laughs> I still haven't dared to go to a theater yet.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't go back. Um, it was just this one exception. I just needed to see this film, um, and I, you know, I didn't want to get it the ski mask way. I just got too much respect for Nolan. Um, mm-hmm. So I saw it. Um, and uh, you 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 want to ask me how it was or? Yeah, I, I'm
0: curious if. Uh, well, first off. Was it worth driving to Ohio for? Do you think that first off? Yes. Okay. So, would you agree with Um, the, it's on, it's, uh, what is it? Uh, the other movie that he did, um. Inception on crack? Yes. That quote that everybody's saying.
1: Uh, I don't know if it's Inception on crack, but it does deal with, um, you know, like mind-bending, uh, themes, you know, without giving anything away, um. Dude, I I, I, listen, man, I look at I'm going to tell you tell you this. Um, If you're not a Chris Nolan fan by now, uh, this film ain't for you because this is through and through a Chris Nolan movie. If you like the Chris Nolan where he takes you on mind bending trips like Inception, Interstellar, um, you know, Memento, The Prestige, then Tenet is for you. I, I think this is a Chris Nolan film through and through. It entertained me and it challenged me. Uh, everything was on point. The action, the twists and turns, the plot is only confusing if you don't pay attention. Like okay. if, if you, if you pay attention, you, you pretty much know what's going on. Um, you may need to. I I want to see it again, um, but I'm gonna wait for it to release because I'm not. This was the only movie I was gonna make an exception to to go to the theater. Um, but uh you may need to watch it again to get a better understanding of certain scenes um the only the only con i have to give the movie is the one con that people have about a lot of Nolan films uh the sound design while while it is great um sometimes it takes away from you know expositionary important dialogue i mean that's that's the only con i can give the movie um yeah, I, I loved it, dude. I, I thought it was great. I, I felt like um, it was a true Chris Nolan film. I feel like the critics who didn't like it, I... It,
0: <laughs> I mean, not every critic is a fan of the Chris Nolan films. You know, there yeah, were I mean, people that weren't fans of, you know, his previous work. Uh, prior to The Dark Knight, there were even some critics that said that he shouldn't have Batman because he wouldn't be able to do it right. So... Right. Yeah, you know, you know, I can see some critics not enjoying it, but regardless of that, as long as it's a good yeah. Nolan f- film.
1: It is. It is. Um, you know, I look at it as, you know, most moviegoers don't like to think, man. Um, you know, they 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 want to be entertained and they 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 like a little bit of mind bending, but not too much. You know, that's why I always say Chris Nolan, you know, he's a he's an independent hero of mainstream cinema because he he makes films that entertain you but challenge you at the same time, you know? And that's really all I asked for in a movie, you know. Like even with Blade Runner 2049, it entertained us, but it also challenged us. Mm-hmm. You know, and in that film, while critically acclaimed, didn't do well um among audiences. I think if Tenet was out, it probably would have did well in the box office, but you probably would have had the uh the casual moviegoer, you know, going on um what is it called? Cinema rant or uh uh, what's what's that website where they, they let the audiences uh rate the film? Oh Cinema Scope or Cinema Score. Cinema Score. I think this movie would have got a uh a, a on cinema score. Like I think people the casual movie go So would the general like, audience would not, you know, take yeah. to this one. Yeah. No, definitely not. Um because you gotta pay attention. You have to pay attention to understand the film and uh when when you're paying attention, like the film rewards you in spades especially as the plot gets deeper uh i'm speaking vague here because i know you haven't seen it and this this really is a film where it's preferred if you go naked like going naked like uh i didn't know much about the plot when i came in and um that was for the better
0: honestly it's been so long since i've even seen a trailer for it i couldn't even tell you who's in this one i've completely erased it from my mind so i'm
1: looking forward to being able to see it finally yeah. I it it works, man. I I really liked it. I um I don't I don't I don't know what the critics are talking about. I I like this film.
0: Yeah, it's one of those movies that, you know, Nolan movies are always weird with critics. You know, because you have the critics that are diehard Nolan fans that will back up everything he does. And then you have the ones that kind of go, well, I'm viewing this as a general audience person. And the general audience won't enjoy it, so I'm going to give it a bad score.
1: Dude, I was prepared. Listen, it, I was prepared for this to be the worst Nolan film. Like, actually, no, not really. I, I I, kept it neutral. I'm like, you know what? If this turns out to be a movie where, all right, straight up, nothing makes sense. I might have to be the one that has to say yeah chris uh this 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 one kind of um this this was kind of an l but again all he asks you to do is just pay attention if you pay attention you know the answer will come
0: yeah i'm sure that once it comes out on dvd blu-ray and everything this is one that i'm gonna grab day one and watch but uh we'll definitely have to do a discussion on this one i'm sure Yeah, I am probably this one and uh, Inception, considering the two has been compared so much from critics.
1: I think Inception is more accessible. Tenet Tenet requires a little bit more um, patience and more give and take with with Tenet where Inception kind of spelled it out for you, um, you know, as is required for for most blockbuster films. Tenet kind of lets you find the answer yourself.
0: OK, so but uh, yeah, it's hard to talk about that one without going into spoiler territory because I definitely don't want to be spoiled on anything for it.
1: Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I um yeah, I, I'm not going into specifics like um, only if you wanted me to. But uh, I, I liked it, man. No, no complaints for me. Um, music score is great. Ludwig Garanson, who's known for producing a lot of uh Childish Gambino albums and uh the Black Panther soundtrack. Uh, he did the score this time around and not Hans Zimmer, uh, hmm. because Hans Zimmer was working on Dune.
0: Oh, oh, that's right. I forgot that Dune is something that's coming soon, too, because the trailer for yeah. that one just popped out nowhere for me. Because I saw that and I was like, hold on. A Dune- oh, that's right. We're getting a Dune movie.
1: Yeah, directed by the same dude that did uh, Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited for that one
0: especially with Hans Zimmer doing the score for that one cuz he does a fantastic job with everything that he's given. I don't think mm-hmm. there's a single score from him that I didn't like or that didn't feel right to the movie.
1: Yeah, um Ludwig uh meshes well with Chris Nolan. Uh the music score for Tenet is very good. Uh it, it it adds to the paranoia and um, you know, uh it, it it adds to the um the tenseness of the movie. Okay, so
0: yeah, I'm definitely gonna see it at some point. Just yeah, I'm not driving down to Ohio for it just yet. <laughs> we'll see how yeah, things this go in the next couple months.
1: This is the first and last movie I'll be watching during COVID, man. Uh, I just you know I chose a time that was early in the afternoon. Uh, I I felt I was pretty safe. You know, I I wasn't seated near anyone. Uh, but, uh, I know that that's like, a that might be a rarity. So, uh, this is the first and last one I, I had to see during COVID.
0: Yeah, it sounds like for, you know, given the circumstances, you got like the perfect outcome for that theater and everything.
1: Yeah, was it-, it was only an hour. It wasn't even that long of a drive, only an hour and 20 minutes away.
0: Yeah, I've... I want to say I actually drove further than that to see the Still Dragon there? Ball Super movie, <laughs> because there was only one theater in Michigan that was playing it in IMAX. What movie? Uh, Dragon Ball Super Brawly. Oh,
1: okay, sorry, you cut out a little bit there, I didn't hear you. Oh, yeah. Um, Dragon Ball Super Brawly. What's that? Uh, that was.
0: The- do you remember Dragon Ball Z and everything like that?
1: No, I know what Dragon Ball is. I'm saying, like, was that a cartoon? Was that live action or? Yeah, it
0: was an animated one.
1: Oh, okay. So was it was it worth like it? the
0: latest. Oh, yeah, it was well worth the drive to see that when in IMAX and everything. Okay. It was a good movie. I enjoyed it, but I'm also a huge fan of Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super, all that. I love it all.
1: <laughs> so how disappointed were you when you saw uh, the Dragon Ball Z movie? Uh, what's it called? Evolution? Uh, I can say I didn't walk out of the theater
0: But it wasn't because I didn't want to It was because I At one point just realized Oh this is going to be an absolute train wreck I might as well see the entire train wreck So at the very end When I'm on the see news report is. you know, I can be like yeah I watched the whole thing From the sidelines The train went off the tracks And then it went <laughs> through that grocery store And then I saw <laughs> one of the train cars Hit a house and that was pretty cool but then I saw the people run out of the house And they were yelling But then the next train car hit their neighbors And they kind of smiled a bit But uh, you know overall uh, Pretty good train wreck I'd say
1: uh, Yeah that um, When I saw the trailer for that I said Man this, this looks stupid
0: Oh yeah I, I saw the trailer for it and I immediately went Where's Krillin Wait is that really Bulma Hold on why is Goku in high school Oh this is going to be bad this is going to be real bad. Oh, that's supposed to be Piccolo? Oh, oh no. Oh no. And yeah. I think the best part is that movie like even starts off like these are the Dragon Balls. They wish grant wishes. No further information needed.
1: <laughs> Man, I kind of just want to watch this just to see how much of a asshole wreck this film is. Uh, I think you know what, man.
0: We'll do a review on that one because it's, man, think, that one.
1: I think we need another bad movie review when we uh, when we regroup soon, mm-hmm. which uh you know, you know due to my um, upcoming we- wedding festivities, maybe a, maybe a minute. But uh, I think we need to do a Dragon Ball Evolution versus the Last Airbender. Yeah, that's uh. Oh. I think I think it needs to be done.
0: I just want you to know that that means that we're gonna have to pick the better of the two, though. Not the worser? (laughs) Which which one's less worse than the
1: other? I guess that's the same thing. Picking the best is picking the less worse. So, you know, it shouldn't be hard.
0: Now, between those two, that actually might be pretty difficult, I'll be honest. That might be more difficult than it was picking between Blade Runner and Mad Max.
1: You know what? I um, I never saw the Dragon Ball Evolution movie, but I've seen The Last Airbender. And there was a moment in the theater where I tricked myself into make it. I tricked myself when it ended because people were clapping. I don't know why. It was in 3D. And I tricked myself into saying, oh, oh, maybe I did just see a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think people were clapping because it was finally over. (laughs) I I think that was it, too. Because my mom was like, why are you clapping? I was like, I I don't know. Everyone else was. (laughs) I
0: I didn't want to feel
1: left out. (laughs) I think one person did the slow clap. They did the. (laughs) <laughs> and then most you just jumped in.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's. I think that'll be a good return to form when we get back.
1: Somebody, uh, a, a critic walked out of that film saying, "Wow, this makes Dragon Ball Evolution look like a masterpiece." <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean, it's bad, but Dragon Ball Evolution is by no means compared to anything. It is not a masterpiece.
1: <laughs> yeah this um and you know what I kind of like I like M. Night Shyamalan I like him when he's good um but this film I just don't know what the hell he was thinking like I get wanting to make a movie for your kids but this straight up sucks Yeah, like, that movie is straight ass
0: yeah we gotta that's definitely gonna be a good starting point to get back into the groove uh two horrible movies neither of us want to rewatch ever again forcibly
1: (laughs) yeah i um yeah yeah so
0: but with that i think that wraps up this episode
1: yeah i agree man hey uh thanks for joining us folks uh we're talking about mad max versus blade runner you know we 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 had to get through heaven to get to hell which is basically dragon ball and last airbender so (laughs) Before we set out into that long, dark night, we had to um, watch some movies that make us smile.
0: Yeah. Two amazing movies. And next, two movies that neither of us wish happened.
1: (laughs) Yep. I agree. With that, goodbye.